I'm a giant when I stand Ballin' like the Jets, start in Jersey like the Nets To New York like the Mets, yeah I win like the Yanks Like the past, spell a check, GNT Sports Talk How to show on the net, yeah On myself, yeah I bet, yeah I put blood to the switch, yeah From the East to the West, GNT Sports Talk How to show on the net, yeah This podcast is sponsored by JB Sports and Memorabilia. We love cards and so do they. It just works. Now let's get this show started. So we're back with a hot stove Tuesday, although it might release on Wednesday since we have football drop today. So Bobby, what's up, brother? We've gotten a little hot action on the stove. Finally, we're heating up a little bit. A big free agent off the board, Liam Hendricks to the White Sox. Three years, $54 million, the option for the fourth. Crazily, I literally predicted its exact contracts in my free agency predictions. There's proof. I was shaking when I saw it was three for 54. I didn't even think it was real. I thought it was a joke, like honestly. And people will be like, oh, it was the, it's the fourth year option. But I, I basically got it right. Come on. You did. You did. First <laughs> off, what's up, brother? Uh, usually I'm, I'm usually the one getting the predictions right. And you got it right this time. And, I, and it was literally spot on. But the and credit goes to you and when that happens that means you know what you're talking about which obviously you do and the well, number was literally spot on i mean did you uh real quick did you and um the white Sox come up with this number together you think did <laughs> you, you send them did you send your old friends at the white Sox? <laughs> i know you love oh, your white yeah. Sox <laughs> fans know. on twitter did you send them a memo and be like oh give a little <laughs> shout and uh what oh man, you know, White Sox Twitter with Machado. You know, we've made a truce. I do like a lot of them. I, we have a few good followers that actually listen to the podcast too. So shout out to them. They've gotten a lot better over time. And back then I did say it would be like two or three years. Well, here we are. They were at that point now because the White Sox are not a joke anymore. They are very serious contenders. But all kidding aside, I called them, of course. I talked to Liam Hendricks. We all came up with a number that made sense yeah. for everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks like it did. You know what? Uh, get um, get on oh, that train. God. He's getting all this this out. But no, no, was spot on with your prediction. Very good. Uh, with this signing for the White Sox, it's perfect. They get one of the best closers it's phenomenal. in baseball. And the White Sox are going to be there. They're very they what they're building up there on the south side of Chicago is a lot of great things, and this team's going to be very very good. I love the signing; it, it made sense. And you know what? This landing spot, Julian, in your predictions, you even you've been saying this from for ever since free agency started. You said Liam Hendricks to the White Sox. You before mm-hmm. you wrote it down, you said it. It's like they need him. It's going to happen. Right. You know what? I'll, t- I'll go into my thinking here. Here's why I thought this is going to happen, because I just figured they were looking for a dominant back end guy. You know, the White Sox are one of the few teams willing to make a splash. Obviously, a lot of teams are not really trying to spend with this COVID problem. But the White Sox, I knew were going to be aggressive. They already traded for Lance Lynn. Now they get Liam Hendricks. They signed Adam Eaton. They're building, they're building, they're building. They have a bunch of young talent. They're just adding more to it. Their rotation probably needs one more starter, maybe in that four or five area. Their bullpen's pretty much solidified. They'll let Alex Colomay walk. Last year, Hendricks was fantastic again. In the shortened season, 14 saves, ERA of 1.78. His whip was 0.67. I'm trying to – I'll look at the other numbers as well. But Hendricks is fantastic. And you could argue he's been the best closer in baseball the last two years. 40% K rate, 3% walks we're talking about, 25 innings pitch. 
1.4 wins above replacement. Um, his FIP was 1.14. I'm trying to see the Sierra and the strikeouts. Looking for the, I don't know why the strike. Oh, 37 strikeouts. There we go. And then his Sierra, for those that like that, was 1.9. So this guy's legit. And the White Sox got a great one here. And they're going to let Alex Colome go, who also had a pretty good season. But um, I love this move. And honestly, one of our friends on Twitter tweeted, the White Sox are taking the Central. It's wide open. No, the White Sox closed the Central. It's not wide open. The gap between the White Sox and the Twins and the Indians is as large as it's ever been, especially the Indians since they traded Francisco and Doran Carlos Carrasco to the Mets, which you're about to get to as well. The right. Twins have been pretty stagnant, too. I still think they'll get back Nelson Cruz. They let Rosario walk. I think Jake Odorizzi is as good as gone. So it really depends what they want to do. But the White Sox are by far the favorites in the AL Central. And you can even argue that the best team in the American League right now is Jeff Passan did because the Yankees have been stagnant. We haven't done anything. Our team's worse right now. There's no one Mayhew. We're looking for pitching still. We need a lefty bat. Um, the White Sox could be the best team on paper right now in the American League. I know that the process is early, but the White Sox are looking fantastic. Oh, absolutely. What they've been doing the past couple of years and what they're building, I really, really like what they're doing. And did they close the gap? They absolutely did. And listen, I'm going to tell you this. The White Sox, listen, we haven't talked to – they haven't been relevant since they won the World Series in what was it, 2005, I believe? That was yeah, when, they, right, Oz, when they had Ozzie Guillen and the boys over yeah, there. Yeah, when they beat the Astros. But yep. when the Astros were in the NL, that Clemens, Pettit. Like, I was shocked by that outcome. I thought the Astros were going to destroy them. Yeah, and <laughs> since then, they really haven't been relevant. But what they're doing is what they're building – and I love what they did. And it started and getting somebody like Hendricks in that bullpen solidifies a lot of things there. This team is going to be right there and they're going to be tough to beat. I'll tell you that. I couldn't agree more. So let's get to the Lindor trade. Cause it shook New York, but not the way oh. most Yankee fans wanted it to. Oh God. Did it shake New York? <laughs> oh, and everybody, usually when we talk about shakes in New York or something big happening in New York, we think it's the Bronx. Well, yeah. Julian, it did not happen in the Bronx. It happened on the other side. It was down in Flushing, New York, and the Mets and Steve Cohen decided to flex up. And boy, did he put on his uh, Infinity Gauntlet. And he he doesn't have all the Infinity Stones, but he added. I'm going to tell you this: he added the Power Stone. I feel like with this move. So uh, loving our Thanos references over here too on this <laughs> yeah. podcast. So I'm going to tell really you, really relevant right now. <laughs> yeah. So Julian, break this down. How it went down. I mean, this was crazy. It happened so fast. I mean, I was chilling, looking at my phone around lunchtime, and then I see the alert from Passing and Rosenthal. Mets are close to getting Lindor. I'm like, okay, wow, that's something to shake up this day. Um, and then I see an alert that Carlos Carrasco is part of the deal. I'm like, okay, like this was just getting better and better. And I was like, all right, what's going on here? Is it finalized? And it wasn't exactly finalized. Then it got finalized quickly. And the first thing I saw was Jimenez is going to the Indians. I'm like, okay, that was automatic because you knew they were going to ask for him because they need to replace Lindor. And that's the starting shortstop. It's going to be Jimenez. They also send Rosario, who's been in the infield and the outfields. I honestly think the Indians should put him in the outfield because their outfield offense is terrible, but we'll see what they decide to do. And then um, they get a right-handed pitcher, Josh Wolf, and outfielder Isaiah Green. Both are basically lottery chips. I mean – I don't know exactly what those guys are going to do, but the Mets made a huge splash here, not only getting Francisco Lindor, 
They get Carlos Carrasco to back up Jacob DeGrom before Noah Syndergaard comes back. So when Syndergaard comes back, you're looking at a top four of DeGrom, Carrasco, Syndergaard, Stroman. That pit stop could be Peterson, who was very promising as a rookie last season. It could be Mats or Lugo, although I think Lugo's going to go with a bullpen, which they've also made better with Trevor May. And I do think they could potentially add Brad Ham pretty soon. Bottom line, the Indians got fleeced here. This was nothing more than a money dump. The return for Carrasco and Lindor was not very overwhelming at all. The Mets made off like bandits here. Oh, yeah. You know what? Starting with this, with what the Mets did, going to get Lindor, they flexed up and they made a big move, and it was a tremendous move. They got Francisco Lindor to New York City, and... Carrasco and it was huge and you know what I think the trade and you when you look at it it's beneficial to both parties involved I really do and you know uh, the excuse me the um, Indians are getting some great pieces but the Mets are getting a one of if not one of the best infielders in baseball one of the best hitters in baseball and Carrasco you know coming off of um the he had cancer you know yeah. what ever since that happened and he was in remission very happy to hear about that he he, he's a very, very solid, good, solid pitcher for the Mets. He really is. And you know what? The Mets pitching staff isn't that bad when you got um, DeGrom, Syndergaard when he comes back from Tommy John. Then you add Carrasco to the mix. It, it's just – it's lethal. This is just a, a power move. Steve Cohen wanted to make something happen, and he went out and did it. The, what Steve Cohen is doing now in his short couple months that he's owned the New York Mets is something that George Steinbrenner, and God rest his beautiful soul, used oh, to yes. do and flex up. He didn't care about the money. He didn't care what it would do. If it helped this team win a championship, that's what he did. And that's what Steve Cohen's trying to do. And it's, mm-hmm. and people are going to laugh when I say this. The Mets are trying to win a championship. Yeah, ha-ha, the Mets' misfortune. Listen, the Mets are building something special. And I know mm-hmm. it's a one-year deal for Lindor. And you know what he did say publicly? He said that, you know, anything's on the table. We'll see what happens. But uh, I'm going to tell you this. He did say he loves New York pizza. And let me tell you something. When a player plays in New York – they technically they don't like leaving. So I will tell you this. I envision this, and here's my prediction. I envision Francisco Lindor signing an extension with the Mets going forward that deep down the road. But with this trade, power move by Cohen, the Mets, great job, great pickup. Um, and you know what? Fans are going to love it. When you talk to every – I saw something on Twitter – there was this young fan that was a Mets fan and his favorite player in baseball was Francisco Lindor. And his dad surprised him when he got home from school that said Lindor got traded to the Mets and his room was paint was uh, all pictures of Lindor in a Mets hat. And he started crying. And I'm like, wow, this really, this is awesome seeing that because Francisco Lindor could do a lot of things for this lineup. He's going to be one hell of a player. What a, what a move by the Mets. I love it. I just couldn't agree more with anything that you're saying right now. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I have some friends downplaying the same old Mets. I'm like, guys, this is different. This is not the same Mets. Everyone pay attention because last year, this team was not bad. They couldn't pitch, which is actually the reverse of what it used to be. They found offense last year, yeah. but they couldn't pitch. Now they fixed the pitching a little bit. They'll get Thor back. They made the offense even better. They also added McCann, who's a good pickup as well. James McCann, who's going to be a huge upgrade over Wilson Ramos. Oh, absolutely. So that's a big pickup as well. I've talked about hands. I still think Springer is going to go too. I mean, once you put Springer in that lineup, you're talking about that's a real gauntlet. 
that whole lineup is going to be incredible, even without him right now. We'll go through the whole thing later, but this is a transcendent move for the Mets. And I wouldn't even worry about the extension if I was the Mets. It's going to happen. He's going to sign and he's going to get 300 million plus. I don't think he's worth exactly 300 plus, but he's going to get it. I would pay him in the high twos, maybe. I just think that the offense and production is a little bit down lately. The on base is kind of low. Last year was only 335, career 346. But um, honestly, it's a great move for the Mets. Carrasco is going to be great. And like you said, they don't care about the money. You see Andy Martino saying the luxury tax. I don't even know why he's bringing that up. They're going to go over the luxury tax. It's going to happen. They're not going to stop. There's more moves coming for the Mets. Oh, absolutely. The Mets are just getting started. And the fact that, and, you know, some people saying the same old Mets. I agree with you, Julie, bro. You and I say it. The Mets, you know what? What they're doing now, they're not a joke. You, We might laugh. And yeah. Yankee fans, yeah, we'll laugh. They've been because, the butt of our to, jokes for a long time. Yeah, the Mets are a little – the Mets were the <laughs> Yankees' little brother, but what they're doing now is they're making moves that they're going to make us look look, look uh, less dominant. But with, with this – listen, the Mets are just – what they're doing, upgrading the catcher position, upgrading the infield, upgrading the – adding more pitching, which is something the Yankees need to do. What the Met, the Mets added a pitcher, Carrasco. Yeah, he's not dominant, but he could do the job. I love what the Mets are doing. When the Mets made this trade, when I looked at it, I'm like, when you when I got that alert, when you said when you I got that text from you, Jules, when you were like, Oh my God, Lindor and Carrasco to the Mets, I'm like, all I thought about was damn, that's a power <laughs> was, move, right? It was and wild. My reaction was pretty nuts too. I'm I'm just and you know what? It just makes so much sense. He fits into that that lineup too. He really he just he fits in and you know what? Lindor's a guy, you know what? After watching cuz I did watch his introductory uh press conference on Zoom when they filmed it and he you know what? He's not a cocky guy. He he he's a very likable person and Mets fans are going to fall in love with him. I'm going to tell you, I think he's going to be with them for a long time, and he could have yeah. – he's going to be a guy that everybody talks – when you talk about the Mets, oh, Lindor. Like the way the Mets used to talk about, oh, David Wright, that's what Lindor is going to be for them in my opinion. You know what? That's a great analogy. I love that because you make a fantastic point. Uh, Lindor is a leader. He's a great clubhouse guy from everything I've heard. Last year when the Indians had that problem with Clevenger and Plesak, he stood up and he he went at them and he said it was it was wrong. He took accountability. He led the room. He was disgusted with their actions. He didn't back down because it was the star pitchers. He still wanted to lead the room and make sure he was against that and everyone knew. Lindor is a great character guy, got great charisma, energy. He's marketable. This is a big deal for the Mets, absolutely. And I think that trade improves them at least six to eight wins, and I might even be downplaying it, honestly. I'm still, That's a conservative estimation of how much they improve with those two. Yeah, and you know what? It's something the Mets needed. They needed somebody, to, a leader like this, and I think that's something that Steve Cohen knows, and he looks at and he's like, this guy could be somebody if there's a problem because everybody – the Mets have always all this dysfunction that let me tell you something, Francisco Lindor is not going to let that fly. He's going to, he's going to be a guy that's rally gonna completely the, over. He's going to rally the troops and he's going to really uh, get things into perspective and really get this team on a winning track. And one thing I'm going to tell you this in the national league, watch out for the Mets because people, we say that the Mets are always there and then they always fall apart this year. I don't see it. I think the Mets right. are going to be better than people think. 
I think so too, especially if they add those two players. Because if you add Springer and Hand, you're actually talking about a real world series contender yep. at that point. Because David Peterson's still good. Look at the lineup right now without Springer. I'll, I'll read it off quickly. You got Lindor, McNeil, Conforto, Alonso, Brandon Nimmo, Dom Smith, James McCann, JD Davis. There's no soft spot in that lineup, and that's without adding George Springer. Imagine you put Springer in there and you take out Nimmo or Smith or something. I mean, unbelievable what could happen. And they're still talking about DJ, which I don't think is going to happen. But I said it was off the table. Someone kind of said it's not. I don't think it's really going to happen. But that's besides the point, I guess. Um, Fantastic move for the Mets. So when Dor last year had eight homers, he hit 258 at 27 ribbies. Like I said, the on base was 335. Slug was 415, but for his career, I think since 2016, actually, he leads on MLB shortstops to home runs. I want to say he has around 116 homers, I believe, in that time span. So um, he's been fantastic. Actually, it's 124. It's 124. Um, he's had 285 lifetime hitter. His slug is 488 lifetime. His um, trying to see. His um, career's well over 351. WRC is 118, which is pretty good. So his career war is just under 30. So, yeah, it's a fantastic get for the Mets. And Carlos Carrasco is 3-4 and four last year. ERA was under 3. He got lit up in that playoff game, but he had 82 strikeouts over 68 innings. The whip was 1.2. The FIP was 3.59. For his career, he has 1,200 innings. 1,300 strikeouts, so he's very good. A little bit over a K per nine. Good pickup for the Mets. He'll add some stability. He's a tough guy, like you said. He went through the cancer. He's going to be a bulldog for the Mets. He can give a solid six every time out. He's going to give, like, six innings, two runs around. That's normally what he's good for, somewhere in that ballpark, but sometimes he'll snap off for more. I want to look at the other end of the trade to see what the Indians got, and then we'll move on. Okay. So, yeah, with the – I. What I will say before, when you look up what they got and we'll talk about it, the one thing I will say is that the Mets needed this. I think since the Wilpons let the, sold the team to Steve Cohen, I think this team is not going to be what they were. I think that Steve Cohen has a vision for this team and that that's to be what the Yankees are. That's what I feel. I think he, in his mind, the mm-hmm. one thing he sees is he wants to take over the state of New York yeah. and make it from a pinstripe white and blue into a pinstripe orange and blue. That's what he's trying to do. Yeah, I know. And it's wild. You said this yourself today, brother. You said to me he's trying to make it a – and Lindor said he's trying to make the state a blue and orange state. Yep, Lindor said in the presser too. So the one thing um, with that is that is exactly what the, he's trying to do. He has that vision, and he has the, he has the wallet to do it. <laughs> Does and he ever. he's not afraid to spend the money. And the one thing I will say is that a lot of other teams really need to watch what he's doing. And yeah, I get it that, you know, the luxury tax and all that, but when you get, I'm the type of guy that going with your gut and if it makes your team better for the long haul, do it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And with the luxury tax, you could deal with that at a different time. But when you're going to try to be a consecutive champion and you're trying to compete every year, it, I'm sorry. This isn't the 1950s and 60s where you don't spend money. This is this is 2021, for God's sake. You need yeah. to spend money, and this is for every sport, not just baseball. You need to spend money to get talent, to get results, and to bring multiple hardware back at the end of the year. That's, that's all I'm going to say with that. 
thing and what Steve Cohen is doing. He wants the Mets to host a World Series trophy since the first time since 1986. And let me tell you something. He's making moves that could make that possible. Yeah, I'm looking at the power structure in the National League. And right now, I would say I have the Mets around fourth, potentially, Mm -hmm. because the Dodgers are still first, obviously. No questions asked. The Padres, who traded for Hugh Darvish as well, which is incredible. Last show, we talked about Thanos and Blake Snell maybe getting Bauer or something or doing the trade. I think they were in on Darvish when we were talking about it, maybe. But it's official now, so the Padres are fantastic. The third team is... um. The Braves still, I think, because they got really good pitching and they are the defending NLEs champs. They just go to NLCS. So I got to see the Mets do a little bit more before I put them past the Braves. Yeah. Um, putting what the Mets are doing on paper looks good, but it, everything looks good on paper until right. you put it on the field. But yeah, I agree with you 100%. Until we see what they could do on the field together. Yeah, I'm not going to put them against the Braves and all that. Absolutely not. If they add, like, Hand or Springer, then I'll put them over the Braves because at that point, I don't even know what we need to see. They just don't need to get injured. That's yeah. that's the only thing that will stop that. But Absolutely. All right, so we'll go through this quick. Andre Jimenez is the headliner for this package for the Indians. He's a good glove, speed guy, but the bat is not really there so much. He's a young kid still, just 22, but – only three homers, 118 at-bats. He hit 263, 12 ribbies. But he did steal eight bases. Plays tremendous defense, like I said. With, uh, Ahmed Rosario, there we go. Yeah. Looking him up right now. He, um, he's he been interesting. He's been very up and down. He had four homers, uh, 252 average, 15 RBIs. On base, 272. It's actually really bad. His career on base is 302. That's, I thought he was a little bit better than this, honestly. Looking at these numbers, I'm not really too impressed here, but he's still a young guy, 25 years old, but he was so highly touted. He was kind of a disappointment, honestly. He was the Mets' top prospect for a long time. He never really lived up to it. Yeah, it, it, you know what? It, yeah, it just really didn't all work out, and you know what it is for them? It's unfortunate, but you know what? They when it worked out because maybe we'll do something for the, for the Indians. Maybe he'll change. He needed a change of scenery. Sometimes in New York, we've seen it, Jules with Sonny Gray in the Yankee situation. He comes to New York, doesn't do well. And then he leaves New York and he blossoms. Maybe that could be something for a med Rosario. You know what? Yeah. He's still young enough that that could happen. There's going to be a lot less pressure in the Indians. They are, they're rebuilding. It's a complete tear down. They're a mess. They're going nowhere fast. Um, they're in trouble. I feel bad for the fan base, basically just punting on the season, giving up like some of their best players and it could get worse. Who knows? I mean, they're even talking about Jose Ramirez potentially getting dealt. I doubt it. And it would cost a lot, but if that happens, then the Indians are really screwed. Yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. They really are uh, screwed. That happens. So the minor prospects here, Josh Wolf is very unknown, just 20 years old. Um, he had a 3-3-8 ERA playing in the goal fleet, but he pitched just eight innings. So I don't even know what to make of this guy, really. So I'm not sure what's going to happen with him. Let me see Isaiah Green really quick. Isaiah Green. I mean, he's the outfielder they got in the trade. But, I mean, it's tough, man. It's tough. I just saw something. So I was going to be the head coach. Did you? Um, this I know this is baseball, but did you get anything about that? I'll just add it uh, to yeah, you know what? It's is funny. It official? Um, what happened? It's it's funny you say that, and I know this is baseball, but I'll tell you this right now. Um, I'm actually doing some research on this right now, talking to a few sources, looking at stuff, and Robert Salah flew in just a few, like an hour or two ago, 
and he has a fluid. And apparently, Josina Anderson said just now that his schedule is fluid. And what that means is basically tonight they're going to work out a deal. So, in my opinion, within the, like I told you, Jules, within the next 48 hours, Robert Salah is going to be the head coach in New York Jets. We hope you're enjoying the show so far. Follow us on Twitter at Grunt Talks NFL, Instagram Grunt Talks Team. Again, Twitter Grunt Talks NFL, Instagram Grunt Talks Team. Now back to the show. We'll keep it in. Just maybe we'll throw some people off for yeah, a loop. Right? We'll see what happens. But um, okay. So anyway, back to the Mets and Isaiah Green. He this guy's really unknown too. He's 19 years old. I can't find any stats on him. I don't. There's got to be something. Man, what is he? This is okay. I mean. I don't know what's going. You know what? There's really nothing. I don't think. I think he got drafted out of high school. Okay, well, all right. I mean, it is what it is. We're gonna see what happens. I guess. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, we're. It's it's gonna be interesting. I'm not gonna look up his high school stuff and like say like what I think. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> there's not a lot. Like you said, there's just not a lot of stuff on there. So we'll see how that works out for the Indians for sure. Okay, so we can circle back to the Darvish. What are your thoughts on the Darvish deal and pairing him with Blake Snell? And then we'll go to Shorber and then we'll go to the Yankees and we'll close up. With with um Darvish going to uh the Padres, it's just it's just a, a flex move. The Padres are just tremendous what they're doing. Their pitching staff is arguably one of, if not the best pitching staff in baseball, in my opinion. Look at what they're doing. And you, Darvish, listen, you know what? When he signed that extension, you know what? He kind of took a dip in production. But then last year, you know what? We saw a little bit of flash. But here's the thing. I think that he could be really, really good in, in Slam Diego. I think that, you know what? What that team is doing, that team, we always we joke about this with the gauntlet. They put on the gauntlet twice. They did this double. They put the gauntlet, snapped the fingers, went back in time, and did it all over again easier with this, in my opinion. That's what they did. They used the quantum realm and went back and did it all over again and and just flexed up. I love exact I love this move what the um Padres did. They are win now, building for the what they built for the future. They're young. Darvish adds another arm for them because Clevenger, and when Clevenger comes back, oh my God. Oh, this is I just scary. This is scary. This is what this is a flex move to beat the Dodgers. This is what can beat mm. the this Los is the wake up the Dodgers, yeah. This this was a this was a move to beat the Dodgers and and you know what I like what Sandy Slam Diego does sorry guys I call him Slam Diego I'm I, that's I just love it <laughs> you uh, can do it <laughs> um I I absolutely that, that, that's the hot trend this year go for it yeah and the thing <laughs> is in Slam Diego it's a beautiful place as we always talk about Julie and I were there for the winter meetings love love and love that that gas lamp district needs another champion needs a championship over there they really do yeah that, they were going crazy over a wild card imagine if they win a championship. Oh, I'm telling you this, the streets of the gas lamp, all that. Oh, my God. Everybody, for our listeners, I'm just going to tell you guys this. If you guys are ever in Slam Diego and you stay in gas lamp uh, and you want a good something fun to do, go to the sugar factory at night and get a few drinks. Really good. I'll tell you that. What's up, GNT Nation? Have you subscribed to our YouTube channel yet? Subscribe to us at Grunt Talks MLB. Once again, that's Grunt Talks MLB. You could also catch us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Now back to the show. With you, Darvish, I love the uh, I love the move. I felt it was a per- perfect landing spot for him. It was great, and he's. I think with with the Padres, I think you're going to see him 
pitch exceptionally well. I really do. And I just, I, I like I said, I think this is a power move to beat the Dodgers. And you know what? I think the Padres have what it takes to beat the Dodgers. They have the firepower. It's just about putting it all together. Absolutely, brother. You, Darvish, like you said, you summed him up perfectly. We both thought he was a bust for the contract, but now it has like three years, $50 million left, I think. The Cubs are going to pay three. I mean, this was a dump, too. The Cubs just dumped money here. This was a bad trade for the Cubs. They didn't get anything back substantial, really. Eight and three record last year, 2.1 ERA, second to Cy Young, 93 cause over 76 <laughs> innings of work. For his career, he has 11,127 1, innings, almost 1,400 cause. And <laughs> Darvish is back to his old self. All the stuff was up from last year. You look at baseball savant, all the advanced metrics are great for him. His FIP was 2.23. Everything shows it wasn't a fluke last year. His stuff is back. He's crisp. Maybe he was injured. Maybe he got, you know, he was banged up a little bit. Maybe he was just recovering last year because in 2018, he was hurt. He only pitched 40 innings. So maybe he just had to find himself again. And I think he's really going to find himself in San Diego and lament Snell when Clevenger comes back. You still have Chris Paddock who can turn it around as well. This team is so deep. And then you're going to have Mackenzie Gore get called up too, potentially. It's just an embarrassment of riches right now. Oh, yes, it is. It's, uh, you know what, you Darvish, yeah, he just, he needed to find himself. And I think, you know what, getting traded to um, Slam Diego was just something he needed and this city needed to just to add more firepower. But I will say, I'm very disappointed in the Cubs. I, I after they win a championship in 2016, what they did, I was, I thought this team was going to be the next I say this to everybody. I thought this team was going to be the next dynasty. They had the youth. They had the players. They had everything you needed to be a championship team for consecutive seasons back-to-back, just like the Yankees used to do in the day. But the one thing is just it just all fell apart. It just – and I, I, I'm just, just – I'm disgusted. And I think the great – It's embarrassing, loyal, honestly. Yep, the great and loyal, loyal fans of the north side of Chicago um, in Wrigleyville – They've suffered enough. They won a championship, and then you're going to make them suffer again. It just it, it makes me sick to my stomach. It really does because I just I don't that, understand it. it. it just, yeah, exactly. And you know what? They have the money. They don't need to be pinching pennies. It's not like the Cubs are a poor team. Like the Red Sox, the same thing with Mookie Betts last year. Like this is not necessary for them. Like they can get the money back. I understand they lost money, but they could have at least tried to make this a little better. Kyle Schwarber also signs with Washington, which is the next thing we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um. Chris Bryant's going to get traded soon. They're really doing a full teardown almost. That's why I'm talking about us getting Kyle Hendricks. If they're going to go all in, why don't we just give them a nice package for Hendricks, put him behind Garrett Cole, and let's get moving. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? That's a good point is that, you know what? They had so many great players. And listen, they still have Bryant, Chris Bryant, we, and who knows what's going to happen with him, but he, we have know he's not been happy with the organization for a couple of years now. They yeah, have. They got Baez. We don't know what's going to happen with that. He's they still got a walk here too. He could get traded too. Who knows? It's it's pretty. It's just it really is an embarrassment. I'm very disappointed with with this organization. Contreras. They're talking about Wilson Contreras too. Well, uh, everybody, and you know what? I'm going to tell you fire this. sale. When, yeah, fire sale. Yeah, up in Wrigleyville, and I'll tell you those great fans up there. They don't mess around. They've been through hell and back, and I'll tell you. Uh, you know what? I'm sure that uh, 
Well, uh, I'm gonna make a joke right now. I'm sure uh, they're bra- Steve Bartman is uh really sitting there thinking, you know what? You th- people think I ruined things. Look at how this organization's <laughs> ruining things. So at this rate, there might be another hundred years. <laughs> Central's absolutely terrible, though. I think I'm gonna try to put a spin on this quickly. I think they'll probably keep bias, but they could lose him in free agency. Um, Bryant's gone. I, the writing's on the wall. He's gonna get yeah. traded. Mm-hmm. His value is also really low. It's gonna be another money dump. They're gonna get less than what the Indians got for Lindor, mm-hmm. and um, Rizzo will all stay. I think he's one of the few that will survive. Contreras, they're talking about the Marlins and Angels potentially being interested. I mean, the Angels, I could see it potentially. Marlins are talking about money issues, so. Might be a little tough, but yeah, what a mess. The Cubs, that whole NL Central is just really bad. No one's even trying to get better in that division. The Reds are selling things left and right. Castillo or Gray might go. They're talking about Moustakis, Castellanos, and Juanio Suarez. Like, it's really a mess out there. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's it's really unfortunate because a lot it could have been great for a long time. And, it, and just how it got torn down and everything like that, it's just a real shame. It really is. Yeah. All right. So we'll move forward. We've talked about the Cubs enough, but speaking of former Cubs, Kyle Schwarber, someone who was on the Yankees radar, he gets dealt to not dealt. He signs with the Washington nationals one year, 10 million. I thought it was an overpay. I got a little slack for that. Um, some, most people agreed though. I mean, I know we both like Kyle for the Yankees. He could have been a nice fit, but I didn't want to pay him $10 million. That's when we have Stan. He's like, okay, defensively, but you still have Frazier. What were your thoughts on him going to Washington? Did you think the money was fair? I mean, it's a lot of money, but I will. Uh, the one thing I will tell you with Schwarber is I'm I'm kind of disappointed because I did do feel the Yan- he would have been perfect for the Yankees and something we really needed. But um, you know what, the Nationals went out there and he they got him, and you know what, it's a good. I think he's going to fit into that lineup well. I really do. This lineup, you know what, this was a team that you know lost Rendon. And loss, of course, Harper. So, you know what? And I mean, Kyle Schwarber's not a guy who's going to replicate any kind of production that those two ever had. But he's a really good st- guy who could come in there and produce. So, you know what? And he's a versatile guy. He could play multiple positions. So, it's a lot of money but and for his age. But, you know what? I, I'm just, I, as a Yankees fan, I'm salty about it. But it was a good pickup for the Washington, for the Nationals, definitely. I agree. I, it's perfect for them. It makes more sense for them than us because they can put them into left field. They'll move Soto to right. I mean, their outfield defense is going to take a hit because Soto is not the best defender and Schwarber is not either. But they get Josh Bell. They get Kyle Schwarber. Now they added balance in this lineup, which we were talking about. They desperately needed to help Soto and Trey Turner. They did it here. The Nationals are going to be in contention again next year for sure. They are definitely third behind the Mets and Braves at this point, though. Let's not get that confused. But they're going in the right direction. I think they could use another um, bullpen arm. Their bullpen's a mess, actually. They could probably use two bullpen arms, honestly. That that bullpen's bad. They don't even really have a closer. Um, but they're going in the right direction. The offense looks better. The rotation's still going to be good. You, of course, you got Corbin, Shore. Of course, you got Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin still. So that's still a good rotation. But um, it's a good move for them. For the Yankees, like I said, just a little bit of a log jam. I've been thinking about Tommy Lestella. I know we've talked about that a lot. I think oh, that's yeah. a better fit because the contact rate in the lefty bat. But we're going to see what happens with the Yankees. We're going to get to them now, actually. So what are your thoughts on the whole DJ situation? I know we've been talking a lot about this. So what do you think? Well, I'm, I'm disgusted. I'm very disappointed. You know, 
the report that was reported out a few days ago, and you even said it, you know what it says, that he's really disappointed with the uh, with the Yankees and he's reengaging with other teams that are involved, including the Dodgers and including the Red Sox. I saw that too. But um, I, I'm just really, you know, I'm disappointed. I, I really think that the Yankees just need to get things done, and I'm tired of them pinching pennies when the team is the richest team in sports not just baseball and sports. They can make things happen. Luxury tax should never even be a problem for the Yankees. It's it's just sickening. Um, things need to happen. We're sitting, we're all sitting here wondering when the Yankees will make a move. We're seeing all these teams. We're seeing all these teams making moves. We get it. We get it. You know what? Uncertainty with a lot of things, and we'll get to that um, in a little bit. But now that there's certainty, Things need to happen and quickly because spring training is right around the the corner. So yes, the yes, Yankees yes, yes. big news with that. Yep, that, yep, and I'll let you tell that too. But I didn't want to really go deep into it. But I will uh, say it's just the Yankee. I'm just tired of it. I'm I'm just really tired of it that you see the Mets flag doing these things, San Diego doing these things, these uh, trading for these players, and we're sitting here signing a minor league deal for uh <laughs> or whatever however you say his name that that's what we all have to accept and, and Tanaka still out there there's uncertainty for us oh, in our God. our pitching rotation behind uh Garrett Cole yeah. and like come on Brian like this is this is where we always sit here we we everybody uh. loves Brian Cashman I'm gonna I, I'm getting listen stop stop with the oh, the man. the approach of being you know, saving money, stop that you don't want to go over the luxury tax. Yeah, you have, to my point that I just said a few minutes ago, you have to do that nowadays to become a championship team. And you know what? The Yankees, if all it takes is one, listen, DJ LeMay, who changed this team for the better. And you know what? The fact that, in my opinion, if I was the Yankees, I would have had this deal done wrapped up the first two days of free agency. If not, Two weeks into free agency, I would have had this done. I wouldn't have even let him talk to other teams. Yeah. I think that, to me, was a – I understand where DJ's coming from, but things need to change. Things need to happen for the Yankees. I'm tired of just sitting around seeing all these players go elsewhere yeah. when we could be making moves. It's, I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of uh, uh, Brian Cashman taking the Bill Belichick approach. I'm really tired of it. <laughs> So you're not a fan of Allen and Brito. You don't think those are the those are the moves that are gonna get us 28. Allen, Brito, Justine. Oh, you yeah. got Lions, you got Adam Warren. I think that's 28, bro. We're good. We don't gotta add no more. We're, we're set. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. You know what? I'm sorry. You know what, guys? I take all everything I just said back. You're right. Absolutely. 100 percent Yeah, that's gonna get it done. It's gonna get us 28. And hell, it might even get us 29, too. My God. Yeah. Jeez, we don't need to do anything. You know what? No, <laughs> why would we? We could just sit down and you know what, be okay with other teams signing players that we could use. Yeah, we don't we got Garrett Cole. We're still riding on that. Yeah, I get it. But he can pitch we don't every need to day, Garrett Cole. What's up? Garrett Cole could pitch every day. Oh, of course. Yeah. Could pitch every day. <laughs> this is like he's a robot, time. actually. You didn't know that's why we paid him $324 million. He's gonna go every day. Yeah, he's a is he's an alien. He's a he's from a different <laughs> planet. So after he pitches, his arm heals up right away. <laughs> Uh, we don't need no bullpen help either. Our bullpen's fine. We didn't blow playoff games. We don't have a guy who can't even be used in the playoffs that's making $9 million. That's not happening. 
Yeah, no, no, we don't. Yeah, you know, uh, he, he has control of his slider all the time too. Like it, the control of it's he, he always there. He doesn't walk anyone. He's 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 automatic. It's, no, he doesn't. No, no, he don't he's, walk. He's actually worth we're paying him. But all kidding aside, let's get serious now. That was a little funny part, and we were trying to let go of some stress by making some jokes here. But okay, I'm getting tired of this too. I've had enough. You know, I like to keep my cool. I want to be professional at all times, and that's what I'm still gonna do. But look, there's a couple things here. Brian Cashman is hamstrung by Hal Steinbrenner right now because he's the one saying what he can and can't do. So he's in a tough spot because Hal's probably saying, don't go over that 210. Now, do we think they were going to go over? Yes. A lot of people thought they were, but then some people thought they weren't. Now it looks like they might not. But here's the thing. I still think DJ's coming back. I'm not going to waver from that. I just, I'm getting annoyed with this process, like talking to other team stuff and, the players union wants the guys to hold out for more money. They're saying don't take the discounted deals because this is happening with all the free agents. The only one who finally got his deal was Liam Hendricks, who set a record actually for AAV with his deal last night because the fourth year is not guaranteed. Even if he doesn't play, they still have to pay that over time. So he's getting 18 a year technically right now. So that's a good thing. And hopefully that's a good sign, but DJ Bauer Springer, real Mudo. All these guys' asking prices have not come close to being met yet. That's why they're still out there. Springer wants around 175. I think he's getting close, maybe 140 if he's lucky right now. I don't know what Bauer wants. There's been a lot of speculation, but I know he wants an AAV of at least 30 million plus. And I don't know if anyone's met that price yet. DJ apparently wants five for 110 or five for 100. Yankees have been in the ballpark of four for 75 or like the four for 80 range, but DJ wants that fifth year. Yankees won't go there. But the one team that I'm worried about in the DJ sweepstakes, I will tell you this. And I have told you this, the Toronto blue Jays, they are desperate to make a splash and they haven't made it yet. Would they be willing to go that fifth year and blow the doors off the Yankees offer? I don't know how much money is the difference going to be for DJ to take the discount to come home. I don't know but it could be a nerve-wracking situation. The Dodgers, I don't think, are as serious because they're focused on Justin Turner, and they could maybe pivot to trade for Chris Bryant or something. The Yankees won't do that, but um, it's just a lot of stuff going on, and uh, Real Mudo's market's been really curious, honestly. Yeah. And I know the Blue Jays are in play for him, like I've said. I even heard that on the radio the other day. But um, I think it's Blue Jays and Phillies for him. I'll still stick to that. But I don't know what any offer he's gotten at all, actually. Yeah, Um. You know, it's it's crazy, you know, real muto and you said it yourself, you know, with their asking prices not going down. Listen, you're going to have to you're going to have to do take less and you know what, maybe take a one-year deal and try it again next year maybe. I it, it's but I've heard some, that suggestion too. I could see Bauer doing that. He's talked about one-year deals yeah, a lot. Yeah, and, and that's the that's the other thing. The big fish Bauer, he's still out there, and you know what? He's trolling everybody. I love what he's <laughs> yeah, doing. He's he, going he, crazy. He's just, you know what? He's not worried. <laughs> he's going to find a team. He's going to do what he has to do. But mm. yeah, the all I'll say is with this is the free agent process of baseball is just really, really irritating. And listen, you got Julian, brother. You know me. I'm a the football guy and football free agency for both of us is done before it's even started. So that's, I feel like uh, baseball tough. free I agency. Don't like this at all. I don't like it either. It's really annoying. Like I think back to three years every ago year. I think back to three years ago now with the Harper and um, yeah. Machado news and it pissed literally, I would be at work 
sitting down, looking at my phone. I'm like, all right, where's Machado going? Where's Mach- where's Harper going? And it annoyed mm-hmm. it was tough. And the reporting was terrible. Was excuse me, terrible. But it's so, much better now, thankfully. Yeah, it is much better now. But I we need to see more uh, movement in this. Seriously, like we, I hate waiting till the last two weeks till spring training to really get signings. It's just really annoying. It's terrible. And now I'm going to drop the news in case you guys don't know. Spring training is scheduled to be on time as of yesterday. We're around the 34-day mark. Can something change in the next month? All this crazy COVID stuff? Yes, it can. But right now, everything is going to go as planned. Other good news. They're talking about letting fans back in ballparks in certain cities. Will it be Yankee Stadium? I don't know. I hope so. I would love to be there with you on April 1st for opening day. We're dying to get back. Literally, I know you would take that flight up in a second if fans are allowed in, and it would be fantastic. I I really hope it happens, but we're going to have to see. Go ahead. Well, I'm I'm just going to tell you this. Um, If they say Yankees are allowed fans, first of all, once I hear that news, I'll be on JetBlue booking that flight because right now uh, there's a deal going on with JetBlue, and here you want to hear some free advertising? There you go. Everybody go to (laughs) JetBlue.com and book a flight. They should sponsor us. Uh, rates are cheap. Everybody go with JetBlue. They are the best airline in the sky or something. I don't know. I made that up. That was a terrible <laughs> Sponsor uh, us, JetBlue. Yeah, sponsor us for real. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, just, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. If the Yankees allow fans, which in my opinion, yeah, I think they do. I'm, I'm taking so, I'm, I'm going to be flying up constantly to go to games, of course. Um, and the one thing is that uh, I think we all need this. This is something, a sigh of relief. I know, uh, Julian, you did say this, you know, that everything's going to happen on time. Spring training's happening. Spring training is literally a month away, a month yeah, away. It's time to get things moving. And yeah. I think that might have helped the Hendricks deal move along. Yeah, honestly. it did. Yeah, it did. And I also think that's going to help the DJ news and it has power. To. And it's going to help everything else. Wouldn't be surprised within the next two weeks that you see all the free agents out there find homes. That's what my opinion. But okay, I love I- I'm sorry to interrupt, bro, real no, quick. I will tell you this, that Rob Manfred, you know what, with this, I'm not, we all hate Manfred. This is something <laughs> I do, I'm actually happy they're doing. Yeah, I just hope nothing happens and they just go forward and the owners don't try to cry poor again. But here's the thing here. And my good friend that I met at spring training last year, John Monaco is actually his name. It's He's Yankee St. John on Twitter, I think. He's been saying this the whole time. And he said that they don't have a right to delay the season because the national emergency period ended once they started playing. So they don't have a right to delay the season, technically. The owners want to delay it to save money. But technically, they're not supposed to or allowed to. So they should not be able to unless this thing just blows up. So we're going to have to see. But it's looking very good that spring training is going to go as scheduled. And I'm absolutely thrilled. A full 162 is fantastic. The one thing that's left to haggle about is all the new rules they changed. It looks like everything might go back to normal, though, from what I'm hearing. Because no one wants to give an inch in negotiations. I wish they would keep the DH. Maybe we'll get a few more playoff teams, but I don't know right now. We're going to have to see. Like you said, I think within the next week, a lot of stuff's going to get figured out. I even think within the next week, you'll see Springer or DJ sign. I think Real Mudo or Bauer could trickle into February potentially because their markets are very complicated and they really want a lot of money right now. So Springer and DJ, there's more clarity. I could see the other two going a little later into it. And Bauer... Let me tell you, he's not going to be worried about 
the team because he keeps his routine. He's still working. He'll wait till February to sign a deal. Bauer's a gym rat. He's crazy. Like, he has his regimens. It doesn't matter what team he's on. He's going to stick to his routine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no. He what He's he's going to stick to what he's doing, and he'll find a team when he's ready. And, and But, yeah, you know, with everything you just said, you know, the owner's definitely doing this to save money, of course, because of all the money they lost. And really, you know what, they, they'll they get it all back and some. But I, I just I'm, – I'm very happy with – that it's going to start on time. I think we all need that. We need a full season of baseball. I think we all miss it, and we're finally going to get it back. Fingers crossed everything stays uh, the same. And a lot of things are changing in this country. And um, you see now that uh, Governor Cuomo says that he wants uh, the economy to open. So with that, that comes with getting fans back in the stands. So I I think if he could do it for the Buffalo Bills, he could definitely do it for the Yankees. Come on now. I really hope so. It's just a little different because it's upstate. I'm not going to get into something. No, no, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, but I think that. I hope so. I hope you're right. I think that um, with that, I think he's pushing to have fans at Yankee Stadium because he goes to Yankee Stadium all the time too. And we need it. You're right. We need to get some money back in our pockets. It would be a great morale booster. It's been a tough year for the city. It's been tough, man. Like, everyone's losing jobs, not going to games. Our passion sports, we haven't, no one's been able to go to any games this whole year. It's just been tough. So, I really, well, last year and now at the beginning of this year. But I think it's, I'm all right. I'm trying to think what could happen. I'm going to guess. I'm not, I don't want to give people false hope here, but if they open up the stadium, I would guess you get ten to fifteen thousand fans. Maybe fifteen's a little high, but I would say you get ten to twelve at least if they open up the stadium on opening day. Yeah, I could see that. I could see. I think that's, that's my a, guess. I think that's a good number and everything. That's my ballpark. And you saw the um, uh, the memo and all that, and what it will be is that, that nobody's going to have to prove that they tested negative. You just that's wear a good. mask. You socially distance, distant and you'll be fine and you could go to a game and you know what that it, listen, even if it's not a packed house and you could still go to a game, it's better than nothing. I'll tell Absolutely, you that. Absolutely, man. I mean, the packed houses were great, but I don't care at this point. Just get us in there. I don't care if there's like two people with I'm us, just, just get just us wanna, inside. I just want to go back into Yankee stadium. <laughs> Dude, we didn't even presence. see Garrett Cole pitch. We still didn't see Cole pitch. I know. I want to see him pitch and I'm ready. And, <laughs> and here's the fatness of myself. I, I, I want to get I want to get hosed at Billy's for Modelo and I want to get uh hosed at yankee stadium for that 20 dollar bucket you know people were talking about the garlic fries and nathan's hot dogs the chicken buckets we just miss it all the atmosphere even if it's only 10 I mean, 5, i'm just gonna tell you guys this it's not sanitary but as a, uh the one thing i will <laughs> oh, do is i think i'm gonna bow down on the ground to just get on the ground and just literally say thank you god we're back on these safe <laughs> no we're gonna do something funny we've talked about this for a while we gotta do something epic for this because like it's gonna be our first game over a year like this is like historic when we get back in the stadium it's gonna be a party man like i'm excited it's going to be great. I just hope it can happen. And I'm going to tell you right now, if Cuomo and New York want to drag their feet, I'm going to be right by you going to the Rays Yankees games and a bunch of other road Yankees games because I'm not waiting again. I'm not um, missing games this year. I'm fine with I'm fine with that, bro. You know that. You're <laughs> welcome anytime, brother. You know that. And I will tell you this. My ass is going to be at Tropicana Field in that dump of a field oh, that they play in in, a, in the worst area of St. Petersburg, <laughs> and I will be there to go to games. And listen, we all joke they've been socially distant, 
for so quite some time. Yeah, they'll be fine. They're going to be everything's going to be fine. fine, and I will uh, definitely uh, yeah. like that. The only time they won't be fine is for the Yankees because they'll not actually get fans. Other than that, they'll completely be okay. Their crowds won't even be impacted. It's just incredible what goes on down there. Oh yeah, same absolutely. thing with the Marlins too. And we're gonna hopefully visit that ballpark as well later in the summer because the Yankees are supposed to go there, so that could be a fun little trip. But I want to talk Yankees pitching quick, and then we'll wrap it up. So there's big news actually, and I think you know what I'm gonna allude to here. Corey Kluber's pitching tomorrow, and the yes. Yankees will definitely be in attendance. He has strong connections. Matt Blake works him with the Indians. Our pitching coach, Eric Caressi, the strength and conditioning coach, also worked with Corey Kluber. Here's what everyone's saying. I agree with this. I got some inside knowledge that the Yankees are definitely considering Kluber. That's a fact. Also, Red Sox or Yankees, I think, at the end of the day, because he's from the Boston area. Mm-hmm. And then the Yankee ties, I think it would only take around one to – eight to ten million dollars maybe some incentives look if he even shows he has a little bit of what he used to have you sign him right now you don't ask questions and now i know dj has to come first but the yankees won't let kluber slip if they want him though i guarantee you that no i'm gonna tell you this that the fact that he's pitching tomorrow i'm excited to see what he has and the one thing i will say is that i agree if um if he shows even a smidge of what he used to be, go get it done. Don't let any somebody else sign him. Especially the Red Sox. I mean, come on if, now. Yeah, if you get an inkling, and listen, I think in my opinion, he wants to, to end his career. He wants to go back home. I think the Red Sox is where he wants to go. But if the Yankees call him up, I think we can intrigue him to come over here. And you know what? He could be serviceable for us this year. I'm, I love sure. the word serviceable. He can. We could plug That's him in there. That's a good way to put him right now because we need innings. And he this. could do the job. He could be a three or four right now. He's not going to be what he used to be, but you can have confidence in him, especially as a four. I mean, a three maybe, but look, I agree with this. He's been fantastic. He's had a lot of injury issues the last two years. It's obviously a risk. That's why you don't pay that much. But Matt Blake's going to know. If anyone's going to know, it's going to be him because he's worked with him before. So now the question becomes to Corey Kluber. Both teams offer around the same amount of money. Does he want to go home? Does he want to try to win the World Series? Because the Red Sox are nowhere close to that. Yeah, no, um, it's like I said, I think that if it comes down between a bidding war between the Red Sox and Yankees and you look at both teams and the directions they're going for one season, I think he would be foolish not to take our deal. I agree. I can really see it happening. I think it's gaining a lot of steam and I definitely think it could happen. And I still believe Tanaka is going to come back. We've talked about this at length. I still want to explore the trade market for Joe Musgrove, Luis Castillo, one of those two. Castillo would be the home run. Depends if Cashman wants to empty out the farm. I would do it. You would do it. I think most of the Yankees nation would do it. I can't really find anyone that wouldn't do it, honestly. The only thing people have said is don't trade Dominguez. Honestly, people might call me foolish. I would send Dominguez to get Castillo because Dominguez is only 17. Like He's great and everything, but... Castillo is going to help us win now, and he can be under the Yankees' control for three-plus years. Exactly, 100%. I he agree. could be that guy behind Garrett Cole. I mean, Sevy's was supposed to be that guy, but he's injured. We don't know what Sevy's going to come back. I hope he can be. But he would be more. He would be better off, and the Yankees would be more comfortable in him if he had to be the third starter, not be counted as a second starter. It would be good. But what do you think is going to end up happening with this rotation? With the Yankees rotation, I yeah. think that um, look, I'm gonna make my prediction. I think that the Yankees will sign Kluber. I'm I'm gonna go like with it. that. 
Um, I think getting uh, German back is huge for us when it, when he comes back. Uh, the one thing the Yankees do need to do is they need to figure out what they're going to do with Tanaka. And ultimately, I do think they bring him back as well. So this year it's going to be Cole, Tanaka, um, Kluber, and honestly, uh, whatchamacallit, um, what was it? Uh, I just, oh, Jules, I hate to break this up. I just got some news in terms of the Red Sox. Go ahead. So the Red Sox are preparing for several moves before spring training in an effort to upgrade the 2021 team. So, uh-oh. So what do you think that means? I th- maybe they can flex up and do something. But with the Yankees pitching rotation, back to that real quick. I think Wait, that it, w- just, it just says that. It doesn't say anything else. It doesn't no, say it just, what it is. It just, it just Wait, said the, the Red Sox are making a series of moves. <laughs> Who tweeted this? It was um, ESPN, actually. Broke That's the story. He was on. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, we'll see what happens, but, but uh, yeah. maybe, maybe that, I mean, that alludes to Kluber. them getting Kluber. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's something. Yeah. So, but like I, but like I said, real quick, all I'm going to say with the Yankees rotation is they get. I think they. My prediction is they get Kluber and bring Tanaka back, and then it's going to be uh, then. Maybe they make a trade for Musgrove. I could see that happening. I think that's going to get done. Musgrove makes so much sense, bro. I've been telling you, you're starting. I think I got you on the Musgrove train now because I've got a lot of people on the Musgrove train because he has some similarities to Garrett. He's not exactly Garrett, but the numbers were similar in Pittsburgh a little bit. Like Cole was obviously better, but Musgrove has up stuff. He's cheap, like we've talked about. Yankees will have to give up a little bit, but it won't kill them. Um, they can they can still be fine. I mean, Castillo trade is crippling. It's gonna hurt. There's no two ways about it. It's gonna hurt. You're gonna have to give up a lot to get Castillo. His value is tremendous. He's fantastic. Musgrove is probably about half the cost of what Castillo would be, and his salary is cheap. And if you really want to stay under the luxury tax, there's no better way to do it than get Musgrove. Yeah, exactly. You, I think that you know what to get somebody like Musgrove. It's not. Musgrove could be good for Yankees. I think, you know what? It's something that needs to be done. Yeah, I, I can see it happening too. It's just DJ has to sign and then they'll do the pitching. Another thing I'll say quickly, then we'll get going. Um, I suggested today my offseason plan. A lot of the stuff we're talking about. I also said the Yankees should get Archie Bradley or Trevor Rosenthal. I know you would love that. And then with Stella, like I said, what do you think they should do fully? What other names do you think we should be looking for? I do like Listella. I mean, like we always talk about this is um, uh, Luis Castillo is a dream for us. I think that honestly for this team, uh, I think that, you know what, going forward, I like what we have really, but to upgrade, I think we need to focus on upgrading our pitching and upgrading um, the bullpen, but I like our offense, but I do like Listella. I agree with you a hundred percent getting DJ back is huge for us. And uh, um, I think in my opinion, you know what? I'm going to stay in house. I think they need to use Estrada a lot more. Okay. What yeah, do you think? Can we get rid of Tyler Wade? Honestly, like, my God. Yeah. And, and the also, fact I had to wear that, that shirt you were wearing shirt. today. That godforsaken shirt I had to wear. Shout out Big C for beating me in the bet. Oh, that was tough. But no, Wade has to go. I would like to see more Tyro, but honestly, Lestella needs to take that spot. He would be perfect on the bench for the Yankees. He can oh, rotate exactly. all around the infield too. 
And if he got consistent playing time, he's hitting 20 to 25 home runs in Yankee Stadium easily. And he's putting the ball in play. His defense is not tremendous, but it's what he can do from the offensive standpoint. The matchups he can provide in the postseason to help us not with all the strikeouts. I mean, it would be fantastic. And like I said, that bullpen, Trevor Rosenthal, I've been banging the table for a lot. I really think he's that dude because he was good last year. Yankees had him in 2019 on a minor league deal. They're familiar with him. He also even tweeted, if I sign for the Yankees, will I have to shave? Like, come on, go get this dude. And then Archie Bradley <laughs> was wearing the CC jersey. Like, come on, these guys want us. Yeah, come on, get them. Got to get at least one of them. If you get both of them, I would be ecstatic. Yeah, no, uh, I'm telling you, you know what? Looking at Archie Bradley wearing the CC jersey, I think it was inevitable we have to go out and get him because he would be perfect for us and do a lot of great things. But I will tell you this. Um, I, I do want to shout out real quick. I know this has nothing to do with it. The CC Sabathia documentary on HBO, uh, HBO Max. It's really, really good. I recommend everybody go and watch that. But Archie Bradley added to the bullpen is just the move we need. I think adding him would be huge. Just even just him, I'm cool with. Just yeah, get it one of them. I need one of those two guys yeah. because Brad Hand's a lefty. We need righties. I'm going to also endorse the CC documentary. It was fantastic. I watched it. Really eye-opening. <clears throat> it really was eye-opening stuff that someone of that magnitude had those struggles. So it's definitely worth checking out. I thought it was fantastic. I'll probably watch it again, honestly. I'm not even just doing that for Adam. I'm, I'm the type of guy, I'll be honest. The one thing I do is I actually, when something's sad, I do get, I sometimes get teary eyed. I'm not, it was a little I'm tough. Not, it was tough. I'm not ashamed to admit it. And hard. a lot of stuff yeah. that he went through was really, really sad. It was, it was hard to watch at times, but it was necessary. It was good. So yeah, was. that's a good documentary. And then the one last thing I'll say is that I brought up a few trades. If the Yankees don't sign, re-sign DJ, I don't want Simmons on this team. I'm kind of tired of people saying that at this point. Like, I know he plays good defense, but um, the bat's not there. Also, the insider told me that um, he doesn't really think that the Yankees would do that for him as a starter anyway. So mm-hmm. I'll put that out there. I haven't said that yet, but now I have. <laughs> so, um. I don't really want Didi back. No offense to Didi. I just feel like the Yankees need like a change. Like he was good, but I feel like at that time it's kind of came and went. So I think they need to trade for Story or Baez if DJ walks. That's the only way I'd be okay with it. Yeah, it's uh, I mean with DD, we love DD, and I would love to have him back. But yeah, I do think we should go a different route than bringing him back. I think bringing him back should be uh, um. If, if worse comes to worse, like the last ditch effort. To, yeah, to like if we have to, okay. But like, I'm not like, I'm not going crazy to say like, do it. Like, I'm not at that point at all. Yeah, so I agree. Well, that was some show. I think we got it in everything. That was, um, we had a lot to get through because it's been a minute. But we have a lot to look forward to. We got a big interview tomorrow. Bobby, why don't you tell everyone about that? Yeah, so we're going to be interviewing, um, our so our friend Nathan got a uh, interview with a girl named Gabby Hurlbut, and she, what she does is Gabby is a actually she is a host of Ball in Boston podcast, and we're gonna have her on tomorrow to talk about uh, the Patriots, talk about some Red Sox, talk about you she got tell us the stuff that's going on because I don't yeah. know what that tweet means or what that news alert means. Maybe she knows. We're gonna yeah. have to bring that up tomorrow. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we got a lot of stuff going on. So, uh, so 
What do you say we get the? So what do you say we go out in style? What do you think, Jules? Yeah, I think it's that time. So, Grunt Talks MLB is our website. That's where you can find our contact content, articles, videos, all that great stuff. The card shop, of course. Bobby's got a lot of football stuff going on. Speaking of football, our new Twitter account, Grunt Talks NFL. Mm-hmm. Instagram is Grunt Talks Team. Still, Apple Podcasts and Spotify is GNT Sports Talks presented by Grunt Talks. YouTube channel is Grunt Talks GT Sports. You can find all our videos and me and Bob. We have a fun one planned for the next few days. So everyone keep their eyes open for that. CJ Wilson video also out there as well. Absolutely. And my uh, personal Twitter is btomps81. Personal Instagram, bobbythompson81. Catch all of our content, like Julian said, at grunttalksmob.com. Got a lot going forward. So, brother, you could end it. Take it away. Yeah, my personal Twitter is Julian Gilardi one That's where I'll drop all the latest news with baseball on top of it. No matter what time it is, you know, I'm a night owl. I'll be up. It doesn't matter when that news drops. I'm here for everyone. And then um, we got my personal Instagram is Julian Gilardi 11 So you guys can see some updates on there, too. But the Twitter is more active. So thanks, everyone. Bobby, fantastic show. This is really fun. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Busy week ahead. Let's get after it. And hopefully DJ signs soon for our sanity.